Welcome to Design for AI. I'm Mark Bailey. Welcome to episode four. So let's talk about conversational UI. Now, a lot of people, when they hear that term, they think of chatbots, and other people think of Siri or Alexa or Google Voice or even Cortana. Now, in the current gold rush climate that is AI right now, it seems like the first step that a lot of companies dip their toe in is with conversational UI. So it sounds like a good topic for me to cover. So I'm going to go ahead and cover the steps that need to be discussed to avoid some of the mistakes. Now, the first thing you want to come up with is a plan. Now, if you want to have a conversational interface, you're going to need a plan. Think of a good plan as just even a stopping off point on your way to voice interaction that everyone says is coming just around the corner. Now, more more likely, uh, though, I think uh, think of the plan as a list of your immediate needs. Then go ahead and turn it around and look at it from the user's point of view. So then who are the users that are using the conversational UI? Well, people that are using voice interfaces right now, they don't want to be bothered. They don't want to be bothered to wait to talk to a live person they don't want to be bothered for downloading your app. They are bothered by opening their computer or not even bothered to get off the couch. So your UI needs to make their life a lot more convenient. So the way to think of your plan is how will you get what you need and make it more convenient for the user? So the first part of the plan is how this is going to benefit your company or you personally. And so this helps because... It, you need to build up what your motivation is for building the interface. Now, your reasons will be specific to you, so I can only cover the general use cases. It could be improving media buy, or you know you might want to understand customers better, or reduce call center time. There's a lot of industry-specific choices, uh, so conversational UIs are a whole lot easier to apply in certain industries more than others. Some of the easy industries for this kind of interface or say if you're running a CRM, then probably your goals are going to involve reducing call center times. Another industry where conversational UIs work really good is for IP established media or intellectual property. Um, you know, for any of the stuff like that, the personality is already there. You know, there are set expectations on what to expect, so it makes making the personality a whole lot easier. So the next part of coming up with a plan is deciding what you want to measure. Now, again, this is very specific to your industry. Um, you know, do you want to know the length of engagement? Uh, should it be higher or should it be lower? Do you want to increase the return users using your app? A lot of the time you'll be getting analytics for, about the user. And do you want to compare the information that you're gathering through your UI to the analytics info that you be receiving in the user profile. You know, what can you add to that user profile? Or do you want to increase your number of recommendations made by other people? Now, I'm not talking about uh, like a net promoter score. I'm talking about using like a referral code to get real numbers of other people that are, you know, referring people to your application. Or you can even measure emotions um, a lot of the time in the tone of voice as people are leaving. So once you've come up with your plan of what you need, then the next step is you want a DMP or a data management platform. This is to store all the information that you're going to be collecting from your app. 
Now, if you don't have one, now's a good time to create it. Uh, you probably are gonna wanna hire a data scientist too because DMPs, uh, they can have a high noise level. Uh, really, to get any useful information out of them, you're gonna be needing to run experiments with the data. DMPs work a lot better when you're cross-referencing information against other information instead of just doing straight searches. Also, now is the time to try rolling your own natural language processing project, also known as an NLP. Uh, so Siri, Alexa, Google Voice, or Cortana, all of these have their own sandboxes and none of them are compatible with each other. So you can try developing for a couple of the different platforms just to see the differences between the systems, or you can go out open source. A good open source to start with is called Mycroft. So now you have a plan and a platform to move forward with. What's next? Well, you need to create a personality. This is gonna depend heavily on your company brand and also what you're trying to accomplish. Think of it as what you're going to be having for your motivation for your AI that you're building. Now, the motivation is going to affect how they answer and guide the conversation. It also depends on the situation your user is going to be in while they're having a conversation. You don't want a mechanic in the middle of a job getting asked 100 questions to get the response that they want just so they don't have to clean off their hands. And now, it might sound like you're designing a person, and there is an argument that goes back and forth on how human you should make your AI. And it's too much to talk about here, so I'll cover it in a future episode. But the short story is, don't fake being a real person. Also know that personality and humanness are two different traits that you can turn up and down independent of each other. In this case, we do want a strong personality because what motivates your UI to give the answers it gives is important. A strong personality is important because it helps hide the holes in the AI but not in the way that you think. So technology is not at the point yet where a conversational AI can answer any question. And people really like to test the limits of conversational UIs. Uh, so using a strong archetype personality takes the fun out of pushing the limits. I mean, you wouldn't ask an auto mechanic pl uh, plumbing questions, but you would take joy in asking a know-it-all a question that they you knew that they didn't know the answer to. So a strong personality helps people from poking in areas that frankly you're just not going to think of and that aren't part of the application that you're trying to build. So once you've written down all the important aspects of your personality, the next step is to go ahead and create a golden path. Now, you don't want to get to the end of the AI just yet, and we're not thinking about edge cases either. So the golden path is the perfect non-interactive conversation. The user is going to ask all the perfect questions, and your theoretical AI is going to know all the answers and questions that need to be asked to get the information needed to get to the ultimate goal. Once you have this golden path set up, you can start breaking down the conversation into dialogics. So what are dialogics? Well, so think of dialogics as the interchangeable small parts of the script. So there's the stream of conversation, and that gets broken down into the trigger, then there's you know steps one, two, and three, and so on, until you reach the ultimate goal. This is really the part where UX comes in. It's uh, gonna be similar to use cases. And since the personality dictates the dialogics use cases, that's why you need to work on the personality first. 
So this is where you're going to create the script. You know, what do you want to know? Take your golden path conversation and atomize it into a spreadsheet. Figure out all of the use cases. Where can the conversation diverge? How do you bring it back to the central point? Um, you know, break down the conversation into the smallest bits possible. Test it by talking to another person. And then once you have the use cases broken down as small as possible, go ahead and create the conversation points around that user journey. So these conversational points are where the analytics will plug in. So you know how well the conversation is going by the way that you can expect to go through the different conversational points. Now, one problem to be aware of is when you're testing the conversations with another person, know that the user will be altering their behavior to fit the AI requirements. The best example I can think of is similar to the uh, back in the 90s when uh, speech to text barely first came out. Uh, people would overpronounce their voice to get the text correct. And what that did is the people were adjusting their behavior to adapt to the AI. The same thing happens with conversational UI. Um, the way to think of this is, is the more that somebody has to adjust their behavior to interact with your user interface, the worse the user interface is because uh, right now it is a, a gold rush type situation where people are willing to adjust, but it's not gonna last forever. And the companies that aren't forcing people to adjust to them, them and are instead adjusting their app to the users, those are the ones that are going to be able to survive when the rest of the companies can't figure out why no one wants to use their app anymore. So when you're testing your conversations, make sure the person that you're testing it with doesn't know the goals or what the conversational points are. This is something that a lot of people have problems with because they want to test it with coworkers first. And coworkers know the goals of your company. They will subconsciously try to move towards the goal or a lot of the time they'll purposely artificially move away from the goal. Neither of these are real world situations. So the next step is the machine learning part. You wanna go ahead and create the algorithms to get your conversational UI better. So this depends on the use cases you came up with in the previous step. I'm gonna go ahead and leave it up to the developers to handle this section since that's not really the focus of this podcast. Once you have done enough machine learning that you have something that's ready to release, then that's the final step, right? Yeah, not even close. Uh, this is where you want to start to specialize the training after you release it. Now, I'm talking about like a beta release. So you need to look at the analytics. Where is the conversation getting killed? Or where are the use cases where it's lasting even longer? You're gonna wanna create multivariant tests to test different forks in the script to see which ones work more smoothly, either keeping the person talking longer or shorter, depending on what your goals are. For the first release, don't expect it to be in its final form. Uh, actually, for a beta release, it's really good to start as a game, either on Kick or on Facebook, or you can create a conversation bot on Reddit. Uh, if you do wanna do a branded beta of your app, um, that does work too, but one thing you want to make sure of is that you actually do advertise this beta because otherwise you're just not going to get enough training data. Enough people aren't just going to interact with it. The reason for the beta release is to train the AI. 
expect it's probably going to take about three months of training for the AI to be smarter using the beta release information rather than just a lot of the open source text libraries that are out there. So then the real final step is called entering a cycle. Now, since an AI is more like an employee instead of a machine, you need to keep checking in on it. Uh, otherwise, data moves or the model moves, everything moves and the AI basically gets worse. There will always be tweaks that can be made to make the conversation run smoother. Uh, the reality is that the technology isn't quite there where an AI can understand any unstructured conversation. So you want to think of it like you're perfecting the telescope that your AI is using to look through at the conversation. Basically, there's always going to be some kludge that covers up the holes in your model. And I'll go ahead and talk more about the development cycle in future episodes. Well, that's it for this episode. So thank you again. And remember, with how powerful AI is, let's decide to make it more usable for everyone. Thank you. Thank you.